podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's up, footballers fans? With all the new content coming out, there's going to be a lot more people playing Weekend League and Rivals. It's going to get tough out there. Do yourself a favor and visit our friends at FifaUteam.com. They've got two new listings out for Foot Champions Rewards and also Rivals Rewards. The more you know before you go in, the easier it is to manage your time wisely. So do yourself a favor, click the link in the show notes or visit FifaUteam.com. Welcome back to Footballers. This is Season 3, Episode 15. I have the usual crew with me, Mets Gaming, Paul, right foot, Matt. How has FIFA been treating you this past week? Neutral, because I've not been overly involved other than just poking around menus and stuff. When I have tried to, to dip into gameplay, it's been very muddy. The type of stuff you experience when the servers are getting bent out of shape. So gameplay hasn't been overly fun for me. The menus keep you busy, though, with stuff that's going on in SBCs and stuff like that. And there's been some weird and wonderful content dropping. We're getting some cool showdowns, so that's always welcome. Um, but I can't say the game's been overly nice or or not nice for me this week. It's been one of those worlds where real life's kind of gotten in the way. I've had a works Christmas party to go to. I've had international visitors to the office, so I've been entertaining people at work. So there hasn't been much time to play anything, never mind FIFA. And no, Modern Warfare hasn't gotten in the way because real life has been the dominant thing this week, unfortunately. Mm. Well, it's gotten in my way, that's for sure. Paul, you still playing a lot of FIFA? Real life getting in the way. What a set of losers. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, mm. It happens. Very, very similar to you guys, really. I've played a bit, but I've not I've not played massive amounts. And I've been a bit, it's been a bit meh, really. We had all this hype for World Cup and then Black Friday and the stuff like three weeks with a content into one weekend. And then it's just been a bit dull. This is, you know, this is supposed to be the primo promo and we're getting showdown cards with two star week for uh, just same old shit like it it doesn't feel special do you know what i mean and i'm not surprised people are just turning off and playing world cup uh, watching world cup and just not really engaging you can see on the market like just a bit just a bit dead yeah it, it can't be for lack of content that's for sure if anything it's like we said last week it's it's been a content overload uh, now, the quality of said content, I think, is is up for debate. I think it's just subject to opinion because some of this content fits other people's teams better than others. But we did get another wave of cards called World Cup Stories. We got these a uh, couple days ago. Today is Sunday. We're recording this just before content. What do we think about the multitude of cards that they've given us in the different variations of World Cup cards? Are we satisfied with the content or do we think it's too much, Paul? Well, these ones are just same as the purple ones from last week. I don't quite get it. And I get the, the going along with, the, you know, these are guys who've done well in the World Cup so far, apparently. But yeah, the, there's just nothing different about the cards. It's, you know, it's the same cards we're getting. Bruno, Virgil, Rashford. And I know this is a lot of it's to do with how well they've played um, in the World Cup. But I just feel like we could do with just, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and I think that's that's the problem. People just look at it and go, oh, yeah, some some new cards, nothing overly exciting. We've got a 92 Virgil van Dijk that's 1.4 mil, which is the most surprising yeah. thing out of this promo. Yeah. Uh, but there is some nice cards there. A bit of a mixture from all, you know, quite a lot of the nations involved. Got Davis left wing cards, which looks pretty tasty, a reasonable price, and a Bale card, which looks nice. But yeah. That's a hell of an upgrade card for Bale, by the way. 
Yeah, it does look um, look really nice. But three star week for he's got outside of foot, but no one's going to use that card given the the links and everything. That's such a weird card. I think there'll be some North American people that'll use it though. It's with all the the nice American cards we've gotten plus the MLS links. I feel like there's a place for this card in the game. But he is six one. He's got eighty two balance, eighty five reactions, which is I guess average for this time of the game. And I just don't feel like he's going to go up to the standards of, of what we think Bale should be. You know um, what I found? Sorry, Hunter, to interrupt you, but I'm just on a tangent here that I want to capture before I forget what I'm about to say. But from doing um, some of the uh, swaps qualifiers that needed Welsh cards, you had to, was it, I can't even remember what the challenge was now, but you had to do a Welsh squad of something or other. I think it was the um, score one golf in the friendly type thing. From using Bale in that particular challenge, I was quite surprised pleasantly what a good striker he is. I would never use him out wide, but he is phenomenal in the air, like really good, like CR7 good in the air. So again, there isn't an ability to change him to a striker position change-wise. But if you can do your jiggery-pokery in-game tactics, I think he would be a very good striker if you're running an MLS team or doing a Welsh-themed team. But generally, uh, this ain't going to come up in weekend league too often. Um, but it is a good striker, not so good on the wing for the reasons you were just saying. Yeah. Great at set pieces, though. He's got 98 curve, 95 free-kick accuracy, 92 composure. So like you said, he's he's good in certain areas, like you said, I think he'd be a great target man or or just somebody to leave on balance up top. But if you need somebody to, to pick to make free kicks, bring him on off the bench, he's gonna put him away. He's got a shitload of traits. Yeah. He's he's um he's Gareth Bale in it. People people love Bale. Um and just to echo what you were saying, Matt, when I um did swaps, when I played against Bale, it were a problem. And when I used him myself, um he was surprisingly good. But um, I've seen Bale around a little bit this weekend, which I was surprised about. But people have got Campos and other heroes that they've packed along the way, so they've managed to 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 get him in uh, and play, but play him at, at striker or a little bit more central. But he just seems to have that. He's like you say, he's got all he's got all the traits that you'd you'd want, um, and smashing those Travellers, he he certainly does smash them. Um, as do a lot of shitty right backs after this weekend. I'm still conceding them by people with fucking 58 shooting, which is quite annoying. They do have the trait, but that's been frustrating this weekend, just conceding those. I don't mind conceding them if it's somebody who can shoot, but when it's fucking Navas... Or somebody like that mm-hmm. who's scoring them. It's 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 frustrating. I did score um a nice thirty five yard a pre patch with uh, Gary Nadal, the flashback SPC <laughs> version. And he does have quite high long shots to be fair, but yeah, he shouldn't be scoring thirty five yard travellers, but it was funny. That's one of my favourite clips in this year. It's a good card that one. You don't see it being used too often. Quite niche. Have you also noticed that some of these cards have World Cup links? So the link to World Cup cards 
the red ones. We've got Alves, uh, Cavani, and there were another one. Who were the other one? Maybe they want another one. Um, yeah, so Danny Alves and Cavani linked to the World Cup cards. Maybe that's because they've not got a club in the game. I'm not oh, sure. Okay, but... that's interesting. I thought Cavani was at Valencia, but is he not in game? No, I don't think he's got a card in game. All right. Ah, yeah, he's only got the World Cup card, the Red World Cup card. Same with Danny Alves as well. Yeah, so they haven't got a club. Mm, so they're getting boosted links from adding to to World Cup players. So that's yeah. So they're just getting people. like icon links to Brazilian, like to World Cup cards, really. Yeah, I think it was Luis Suarez was the other one that you're looking for, perhaps. Ah, it I was. Yeah, he didn't have a yeah. club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting, but those cards aren't going to be around soon, so so your links just fuck off then, don't they? Unless you're going to link <laughs> them with nationalities, so I don't know if the price on these cards will drop when um, when the World Cup cards go out of packs. I don't want to drone on too much about a theme we've discussed on previous podcasts, um, but we, we spoke a little bit last week about the timing of this World Cup and how it's kind of upset the, the, the regular cycle of Ultimate Team. And just to pick up on the thread you started at the beginning of this show, Paul, where you were saying you know, there's SBCs a little bit underwhelming and they've got bad skill moves and weak foot and, and all that. They, they could do with some juicy upgrades to make them more compelling. I do wonder if we're, we're forced into this situation we find ourselves in because if they start loading up on skill moves and the weak foot pre-team of the year, that's going to kill the hype for that. And you can't have anything that upsets the power curve too much before that does, because that's what generally sets the tone for the second phase of the game, right? So if we start putting out showdowns, particularly once they get the upgrades that can compete with team of the years, then that kind of destroys that stalwart of a promo and, Generally, for me, that's the most exciting part of the Ultimate Team cycle, perhaps other than the beginning itself, is you know, I look forward to getting at least one Team of the Year player in my team and it making you know, a massive difference. I'm going to transition here. What about the, the swap tokens? Are we still grinding those? Or I know myself, I, I was burnt out immediately. After, like I said last week, I, I did the big fodder packs, the three times fodder packs, and I haven't really touched it since. I don't know if it's just a personal thing, but I'm just having a really hard time keeping up with this content and the the drove of this content. I just don't feel like it's, it doesn't have its hooks in me. Does it still have its hooks in you, Paul? No, no. I, um, I did some swaps to get the, the three 20 times 84 plus fodder packs and opened them. And they were pretty shit really. I uh, didn't get any special cards out of them, but I did the hero upgrade and got Lucio, so that took the sting out of that a little bit. But just the grind of those uh, those swaps in, it's just not enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? Just first goal wins, you don't get a chance to sort of get your revenge on your opponent, which, and it's only just for those tokens. And it's, a, you know, it's it takes a while, especially if you're quite shit. Yeah. It takes... Even do you know what I mean? Like I'm not flying through I'm oh, scoring yeah. every winning every game. It depends on, on the country too. Like I've had some with some countries it was just so difficult. Like Australia was very difficult for me because I only had six Australian cards yeah. and they were not even remotely close to being good. My biggest bugbear 
with this whole objective thing requiring six World Cup items, was I do have the odd World Cups, do they call them, one to watches? The ones that are upgradable. Path to Glory. Dynamic. Yeah. You can't, yeah, Path to Glory is, I beg your pardon, yeah, those ones. You can't use those as part of the six, so you need six, and then you can use one of those, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So if you're a little bit short on a particular country and you just happen to have you know, a semi-decent um, Path to Glory car that would make make up the difference. No, you've, you've got to insert another shit disposable World Cup item card and then you might decide to put in your, um, yeah. your Path to Glory card, which is exactly the situation I had with Poland. I had a Arcadius Millic, which is actually a really nice card. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not as good as using something like CR7. So if, well, if I can get him in the six, then that, that's fine. But no, I had to put in six Polish World Cup items, then I could use Milik. And as I said, do I even want to at that point when I can put in icons and heroes? And so dumb. Absolutely yeah. dumb. And it certainly made that particular promo less useful as a result as well. Well, you'd think that they'd just make all these cards that are coming out during the World Cup be available to use in the the World Cup objectives. Like, I, I've got a few. Um, Gnabry, one or two others that are packed. And I'd really like to use them. Um, and they're not necessarily going to get in my, in my weekend league team or in my rivals team, but they'd they'd be really good to use in these objectives. And I just can't see why you wouldn't do that. Um, it drives the demand up as well, doesn't it? If people are doing swaps, they'll think, oh, do you know what? I'll try one of these cards while I'm doing swaps. Um, but no, they didn't. They, they wanted you to grind it out with a 76-rated shitter that, you know, made the game less enjoyable. It's like they're always trying to make it hard for you and less enjoyable. Who would have thought? Well, the online, the the Golden Goal games, I didn't find too particularly annoying because, I mean, unless you're trying to get every single token, then yes, I could definitely see where you'd be annoyed. But if you have a goal and you set your goal, you can kind of cherry pick which ones you want to do. And if you want an easy route, you can go the squad battles route. But man... I don't know if it's just over the years, I guess, squad battles last year and this year, it's so robotic. It's, it's mindless playing to me. It's, it's even, it doesn't matter if you change the difficulty, like they all play the same way. They, they hug the sideline, they look for that cross. And if you take it away, they'll try to bang one inside, you get possession back. And then it's like rinse, wash, repeat. There's zero creativity in the AI when you play against squad battles. And I legit believe in my heart that it makes you a worse FIFA player playing squad battles because it's so dull and thoughtless. Like I said, you just run around the pitch, score your goals and then defend the same exact way every time. And then you go back into competitive play and you get the shit kicked out of you and you have to readjust every time. So I almost feel like it's, it's degradating on your gameplay. Yeah. And I don't know anybody that actually enjoys squad battles. Golden goals the same as well. Golden the goal affects how you play. It took me a while after that to get back into Teaches you to play reckless. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. But the squad battles, I didn't mind that because I could get two or three tokens in one squad battles game, get it all done in the first half and then just put the controller down and go make a drink or do whatever, which, you know, it's not not what we should be doing, is it? We should be having fun doing this, not trying to smash the goals out as quick as possible and then go to walk away from it. Yeah, it makes me it makes me think about how these type of games used to be before competitive online was a thing. For instance, back in the PS2 era, Pez had a mode called Master League. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but there'll be plenty of people who listen to the pod who'll know what I'm talking about. And because 
online play was either very limited or just didn't exist. You were generally always playing with someone in the same room as you. So most of the time you were playing masterly versus the AI. This was never a problem. We spent 90 odd percent of playing the game against AI and it generally always seemed fun. I mean, sure, you get burnout eventually, but it wasn't this soul destroying slog and there certainly wasn't rewards on the card. You know, you were playing to, to you know have marginal upgrades to the cards you have and a little bit of transfer market. But I think EA, I don't know whether they do this on purpose because they know the money comes from online and the race upgrade your team is what feeds the money machine or they're just ignorant to the fact that their offline mode sucks but something's very very wrong with it and the fact that they they're trying to force us to spend so much time on it to hook us in isn't isn't a good thing you know, none of us really want to do it and it's it's damn right put me off playing you know i did enough tokens to do a couple of those big pack openings and i just didn't want to even play the game never mind play squad battles after after doing that, it's just turned me off completely. Well, I, I've i still got, I want to get Nathan Ake, which is eight tokens, which isn't a lot. But instead of just going in and playing the online ones, I'm going to go in there and look and see which is the quickest way for me to get that card, which just don't, it don't feel right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like I'm going to go and do something that's... It feels l- like a chore. Less enjoyable. Um, yeah. Like sweeping the floor because you have to. Yeah, yeah, because I have to, it needs to be done. Um, yeah. And this is something I feel like they've they've slowly ingrained in us to like you need to do this to get these rewards or you're not going to keep up and you're fucked. You need to do this. Well, God, God help us if we come up against people who've done all forty and got Vieira. You know, oof. You're going to have to have some incredible cards to like. You have one, Paul. Who <laughs> will remain nameless? Maybe you could probably cope with Vieira. Which, which one's that, Matt? Oh God, who's that? Fuck. I don't know. I forgot his name now, but I've heard plenty about him lately. Yeah, you're not going to say it? Me? Yeah. Uh, most people probably don't know, but um, I did pack Yaya <laughs> a few weeks ago out of a hero pack. <laughs> most people don't know. <laughs> um, exclusive. Exclu- Matt, oh, you fucking yeah. set me right up there. I, w- I wasn't going to say it this week, and Matt just walked me straight in there. Fuck you for that, Matt. <sighs> yeah, so so yeah. you're uh, ready for that that forty token Vieira that people are working so hard for and, and destroying their Christmas. <laughs> yeah. The rest of us oh, probably not. That said, talking about cool midfielders in this this World Cup promo, that Rabio card is is very much a piece of me. I, I would like that, and I don't know whether it's just the fact that Footbin might have not fully updated their page for that card, but he seems to be missing a position change that he's had on the previous two versions that have come out. You, you can convert to left midfield, not that you'd probably want to play him there, unless you're some sort of like tactical maestro and you've come up with something very unique. But um, yeah, he says he's just CM only on the new card, which is a little bit perturbing. But I'd love him for CDM, but... I guess I can move them around in-game, but that is a card I'm very interested in, and uh, I might have a look at that Milinkovic-Savage now. He's been knocked out. I'm hoping the price will have come down a bit. That would be quite a good midfield. He's, he's CM only, Matt. I've just had a look in-game, <sighs> and he's uh, CM only. Why would they take away his position? I don't know. Though, so. It's silly, isn't it? But going back to Vieira, Vieira were my plan. He was a card that I wanted because I thought he's a card that you'll use to the end of the game but I got halfway through and I thought I just can't do it 
Do you know what I mean? I just can't do it. Going into squad battles and getting all the, uh, it's just not worth the, the fucking heartache of, of doing all that. So I took the gamble. Uh, but just to, and to be fair, credit to EA, because that's a really, really good card that they've given us. And if you're no doubt somebody who's got the, the mental strength to, to go after that and do it and not be in a rush to do it. We've got time to do it, you know, tick away at it and get it done. It's going to be a great card. And there is some good cards. Uh, Aki looks good. I mean, and lots of hype around that. Um, and that's only eight, but yeah, it's just a bit of a, bit of a grind. Well, I want to go back to something you touched on as far as, you know, it feeling like a chore and feel like you're playing the game because you have to. I saw a tweet from Nepenthes, who's a, if not the most influential, one of the most influential people on social media for this game. Um, he, well, I mean, it is what it is, but the guy, the guy touches a lot of people in the. Unfortunately, he, says, he is correct on this yes. particular instance. Yes, he touches a lot of people. He says he's. Is that what you just said? He he reaches a lot of people. That's not can better. I, can I take that back? That's, yeah. Reaches not around, oh. touches, it's all a bit. He fondles a lot of people. <laughs> Certainly touched me. You jealous? <laughs> He's, can I get to the tweet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock yourself out, Hunter. I don't know what you're taking so long Jesus for. fucking Christ. The tweet says, I'm speechless, at ea Direct. He says, it's hard to understand the aim you're going for this year. Everything is geared towards untradeable. Menu content isn't grindable without spend. Gameplay content is way behind the power curve for way too much time needed to complete. I kind of agree with this, but then I, I kind of don't. When you saw this tweet, I sent it in the DMs, Matt. What mm. was your initial thoughts? Uh, Hunter, you're a dick for sharing anything by Nepentez, was my first thought. And then I actually read what it said. I am a dick. And I was like, um, yeah, he, he is correct. I mean, it's, it's stating the obvious, but it's good that someone with such community clout is saying it and tagging EA in it. So they will see it and hopefully digest it to a certain point, whether they do anything about it is, a, is another thing. But he is right. This is something I definitely noticed myself with the number of... Uh, let's say that the dynamic duo cards and a lot of showdowns, they all seem to be 85 rated. They're just very afraid of putting stuff out a little bit as high as they should be for this stage of the game. And I go back to the whole time of the World Cup thing and then wanting to repress the power curve until we've got until, until team of the year, because if they'd thrown the sort of stuff out in volume, frequency, and in terms of the quality we should expect for World Cup, we're probably reaching those team of the year levels, particularly with showdowns that then get upgraded. So they obviously don't want to do that. Um, but it just makes you feel like the time you're investing and the stuff you're giving up from your club, your high rated on tradables going to the SBCs to probably get cards that you might only use for a month. Uh, these aren't going to last you deep into the game at this point. So it's sometimes you can't hold back because you're getting untradeable dupes. So you have to use them up. And that's also a bit of a trap as well. But generally speaking, anything that's coming out at the moment almost certainly isn't worth you sticking a shitload of your club value into. Uh, and EA are definitely doing that on purpose, I think. So what the Pentez is saying is correct. Um, I don't think it's going to make much difference but he's certainly on on the right side of, of the argument on this one so he's, he's definitely going to save face with that but i think it just highlights the frustration of a lot of people playing this game at the moment that we're not getting what we want in terms of the fun aspects the the collectible 
aspect, value for money, value for time, whatever you want to call it. It's it's not in a great spot right now, personally. And I don't want to say that well, really banging on people who are enjoying it like yourself, Paul, you're getting plenty out of it. But I think there's a lot of people based off what we see on social media and certainly what we discuss on Discord that are very frustrated at the moment. So the only thing that I'll disagree with in his statement is the last sentence. He's saying the, the gameplay content is way behind the power curve for way too much time needed to complete. I don't think the content is behind the power curve. I really don't. If you look at like these Path to Glory cards, we're going to have an 89 rated Griezmann with potential more upgrades, 91 in Kunku. You're going to have 89 cards like Bruno from Brazil. I mean, you, you've got really high rated cards. I just had all these high rated cards, 92 Van Dyke, 88 Richarlison. 90 Bruno Fernandez. I feel like there's way too much of this game left. I mean, we haven't even hit January yet and we have tons of cards already 89s to 90s plus. That doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room going forward. And I think I distinctively remember last year we have a conversation about the power curve moving too fast too soon. And I think they're trying to rectify that by doing the slow grind and it's thrown people off. People are used to having super juiced cards all over the pitch by now. And it's become more tactical. You have to pick your spots and kind of build around kind of core players. But to me, that's how it should be. You shouldn't have 90, 90 plus play, you know, rated players at every position in fucking December before a team of the year. I feel like that that's what degrades the game. I, I think the really good cards are still hard to get, which is what EA wants. Do you know what I mean? The ones that are probably at that top end of the power curve, EA making you pay like that keen SBC, that were expensive. Um, but they're also giving you opportunities with the Gamble SBCs, you know, we've had Icon SBCs that you can do three times, Hero SBCs. These, these ways to get it, but I think it all comes back to them wanting you to feel like you need to be doing everything to keep up. Um, and, you know, George made a point um, earlier when we were discussing this, that you always feel like you need to get those extra three wins in rivals to make sure you're getting your rewards or finish those games no matter what. Even if you're not enjoying it and it's become shit and you're frustrated, um, and this is what George had said, that other games you just turn off and walk away but I feel like in this game it's in us that we need to get those rewards we can't miss a week's rewards we can't miss this objective we can't miss this stuff um, and it's just in us and, and all the stuff the you know the dynamic duos and the stuff that they give away easily are just shit mostly they're not giving away they're not they're not up with a power curve. Anything that's of any real value, um, you either have to get from a gamble SPC, which nine times out of ten you get shit, or you have to pay through the teeth for, or put 40 hours into 40 tokens to get um, Vieira. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like the, I, th I think the power curve's probably where it needs to be. It's the same every year. They'll get to a stage, it'll slow down a bit, and then all of a sudden there'll be a massive jump. Um, but yeah, the, you, their whole business model is making you feel like you're behind. Um, and they're really good at it. I had 10 million coins at one stage last year and felt like I were behind. What the fuck is all that about? 
that I feeling like with all, with with huge amounts of coins, people are feeling like they're not they're still not there. They're still not, you know. And that's the the great thing about this game. There's always something that you feel like you need to get to get better. Um, and that all that stems from the frustration of the game. I think. Yeah. Well, what about the patch? We saw a patch came through earlier last week, and I think it's been a good patch. But then again, I haven't played a shit ton of FIFA. I mean, I've played very little FIFA, but I have noticed that the driven lob through passes aren't near as effective, which I think needed to happen. But, you know, a lot of these, and there was further tweaks on on dribbling and, and moving with the ball. I feel like they've all but just confirmed that left stick dribbling and dribbling in general in FIFA 23 has been dog shit since the beginning. And they've been slowly trying to adjust it to make it better, more responsive, and generally more entertaining because I think it put a lot of people off. No one likes playing a video game that doesn't respond to your input or at least responds late, especially when you come from, and I'm going to, I'm going to go there, Matt, but when you come from a game like modern warfare two, where your movements are crisp, they're precise, they're exact. As soon as you, and I know it's a a shooter versus a, a football simulator. It's a little different, but you shouldn't have to wait a second or a second and a half for somebody to execute what you want them to execute in the game, especially when the other team's screaming down at you, closing you down and you can't do fuck all about it because your input is just waiting for this next animation to finish itself. So I feel like the gameplay has gotten more fluid, more crisp since the patch, but I need more time on it to, I guess, give a, an honest examination of it. Paul, you've probably played the most between all three of us. Once again, uh, I've played weekend league this weekend and played a little bit of rivals to make sure I got my weekly rewards. And, it's all good stuff in there, but like the thing with the tra- getting a, a flare shot when you're asking for an outside of foot shot, I don't think they fixed that because I've seen it numerous times and I've had it done myself this weekend. Um, but the lob through pass, the L1 R1 lob through pass when you're facing wrong way, like a little chipped over the top, but through ball needed fixing because it was just broken. Um, mm. And I've I've noticed the difference. It still works, which, you know, it should work. Uh, just not not how it was working before. And I think these these last couple of patches have all been good. They've they're just helping the game along. Problems that we were having with the game, they've helped um they've helped it. But one thing I'm fucking I, I don't know how they've managed to do this. I really don't. When you're searching for something on the transfer market. Mm-hmm. So you'll put Joe Cole, 300k. Oh, there's two of them there. You go back out to reduce the price, Joe Cole's gone. You've got to input all that information again. Um, yep. It doesn't remember you, what you'd put in there before. It's like it's got amnesia all of a sudden. Um, that needs fixing. That's on console only, quick. right? Yeah, console only. Uh, people will soon get... Well, I'm already frustrated and pissed about it. So I imagine everybody else is. There's another glitch in the console transfer market. You can't, like if you put, let's say, Teo Hernandez. Uh, Rob from Discord pointed this out to me. But if you put Teo Hernandez in there and put special card, his gold cards will still pop up when you search for him. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's only on console. Right. So, I mean, there's all kind of weird stuff that happened with, with trading on the console since the patch. So just be careful. If you're using filters, they may not always work. So make sure you know what you're buying before you, you hit buy. That's that's why I like to stick to web app because it's still reliable. We have some questions we need to get to. We've got 
quite a st- quite a few things to to get back with the community on. And uh, fucking Taschenmacher, we're gonna read it. He's gonna be this uh, one's for Paul. He's gonna be pinging me later because Giroud's now France's all-time top goal scorer. So mm. you'll have lots mm. to say to me. <laughs> we love Giroud, but especially if he scores and knocks England out. <laughs> Oof. This one's for Paul. What's the best CDM hero you've packed this year? Ooh, good question. Um, it's not. Maybe Yaya Torre, maybe. I got it from a hero pack not so long back. The next question we have is from Ash1983. It says, after having time to really immerse yourself with the crossplay across a few different game modes, which console player base do you feel is the most toxic and why is it PlayStation? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I guess this is one for both of you. You can't tell between PlayStation and it's true. PC. Um, so it must be the PC base. So, yeah, I'm blaming PlayStation. PC mm. guys won't do that. I imagine they're quite polite. Mm. But yeah, PlayStation, definitely most toxic. Also has the most players. The best players, Xbox probably, um, by far. But yeah, PlayStation, most toxic, without a doubt. You can't prove that. I can't know. I can't know. And speaking of PC players, a Harry Ape wants to know, what if the World Cup Path to Glory players get downgraded if their team didn't make it out of the group stage? What type of effect would it have on the market? This is actually a good question because I feel like Romelu Lukaku deserved a double downgrade after that performance they had. Holy shit. My grandmother could have finished half of those. What is going on with Lukaku? Yeah, that was... He looked like the Lukaku from that that video somebody did. You know, they like dressed up as Lukaku with the like chunky, unbalanced version that kept missing the goal way off the right. Like that's what he looked like in the game. It was so embarrassing. Yeah, it would um, it would a shame. It would a shame. That golden era's just fucking. Oh God, it's just been wasted, aren't they? But anyway. so, what if we did get downgrades, Matt? Would you be for this? I think that would. It would definitely shake up the market for sure if, if these were tradable items. Yeah, I think like players should have like a a bottom floor on stats where they can't perhaps go below a certain rate. So if someone gets injured and doesn't play all season, they just tank into bronze rating or something. But like Lukaku is the eighty six rated, I think, is gold. He should go down to like an eighty three or something like that because he's been absolutely dog shit for for months and seems very demotivated and unmatch sharp for lack of a better word but this reminds me of something back in FIFA many many years ago um, they had something called like um, EA Sports Live or something like that where there was a mode that reflected real life in-game performance and adjusted stats up and down respectively and that I think it was only around for a year or two and it disappeared. I don't think it got into foot in any shape or form, but there was definitely a mode that catered for this. And I just wonder, given how much players are into the whole FIFA culture now that they don't want to risk offending people by downgrading them because people already get a bit tetchy about their base stats as it is, 
when the game comes out and everyone's ship rated because obviously most of them are going to get upgraded over the course of the year. But yeah, I don't think players mind getting boosts, but they certainly don't like to see their cards going down because that's that's bad for their their PR, right? So I, I just wonder if that's something to do with why that EA Sports Live feature disappeared many years ago. They should play better. They should. I mean, they'll, they'll go down the, the next year, but let's look at someone who's been like consistently bad for, for several years, Timo Werner. Fucking hate Timo Werner. He should be way lower than he is now because he Shouldn't be near as effective in game. Exactly. Like He's still good despite getting a minor downgrade, but he's still far too effective and generally should be much lower rated than he is because he's, he was exposed as a pace merchant and had very little else. A modern day Ibarbo, for lack of a better word. Oh, man, that Ibarbo. What was that, FIFA 15? I don't 14? Know. He'd been around a while. Whew. Yeah. Well, we got some hot takes to go to as well before we wrap up today. This is a quick one. This one's for Jeeves. This one's from Jeeves United 123 from the Discord. And he says, Mega Packs are shite. I agree. I agree. It's filled with bullshit contracts. Yeah. Cards, like with balls and injury cards and so much fluff yeah. very little actual usable yeah. content they're mega packs. in terms of the amount of content yeah. in them but not the quality so yes i love the description though yes a whopping 30 yes we said 30 <laughs> yeah. piece of shit gold rare cards and you didn't mind yeah. so much when you got the odd position change that were worth 5k or you know when shadows were worth 5k you didn't mind them because you'd get a bit of but yeah they're just shit Oh, can I just say as well, yeah. this the supplier we've had this weekend from Lightning Rounds, the 84, 85, 86 star players have all been untradeable this weekend mm. instead of tradable, which is something a bit new. But, you know, going down that yeah, everything's that, that, untradable yeah. route again. Yeah. I, I think it was the the 100, whichever pack it was, where you got 100 cards that were over a certain yeah. rating or something. You know which one I'm talking about. Centurion. And they were untradeable. Yeah. What the fuck has I paid for them? Why the fuck are they untradeable? <laughs> yeah, well, these, some yeah. of these packs, 100k, 100 and something k um, for a 86 star player. And yeah, they were un- untradeable. Um, so, a bit different. That's, the, that, that, that is bang out of order. If you're, if you're paying with cash, they should yeah. always be tradable. Yeah. I mean, oh. Yeah, they've dropped some tradable supply tonight in lightning rounds, but yeah, most of the other ones have been untradable. They dropped some new tradable cards too. We got Laporte, the moments, or uh, yeah, World Cup moments, Laporte, Giroud, or stories, yeah, yeah. Laporte, Giroud, and Nagatomo from Japan. And we got a moments, Puyo who looks particularly good, except that he's got 75 pace. But hey. He's about 160k, so he's not too bad. <laughs> he's shit, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I tried to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> Called me out. Fuck you. Yeah, he's shit. But, I mean, I think with a with a, a shadow, you could maybe get away with it, depending on how good, you know, how responsive you are in running your defenders back, because that's, pretty much how you defend FIFA 23 nowadays is just grab players and run backwards. That's all you can really do. Definitely don't run forwards. Take that advice from Mr. Dory. We have a few more to get to on these. 
Chance Sanders says the defensive AI keeps so many players in the game that should never have had a chance to beat you, but because the computer will just steal it back for them, they stay in the match. I think this goes back to the the team press mechanic that we often discuss and how overpowering it is. But at the same time, I feel like team press is necessary because if we didn't have that mechanic, you would just have people going up 2-0 and passing it around their own half. And you need a way to keep people honest. So I don't, I feel like I don't see this near as much in the upper echelon of, of rivals and in the higher ELO of weekend league. I feel like it's more about who makes the least amount of mistakes rather than the game fucking you to tears. Um, sometimes you'll have a close game, like a nil nil game that's going to the extra time. But I feel like, at the end of the day, you can go back and watch that game and find one critical mistake that you made and the opponent capitalized on it. I feel like that's kind of where the, the better players of FIFA kind of lie. It's, I'm playing not to lose, not necessarily playing to win. And once you play that way, you kind of take the fate out of the, the control of the AI and more or less put it in your own hands. I don't know how that plays into effect for you, Matt. The only um, thing I experience that relates to what Chance is saying is instances where let's say you've got a, a centre-back who nine times out of ten does a good job for you, but then you get that one game in weekend league where you're coming up someone like Mbappe and you just can't clean tackle the guy. It looks like he rides every challenge or it looks like you steal the ball, but he recovers more quickly from the tackle animation than you do and takes the ball back off you. It feels like ping pong a little bit, that kind of thing. And you're always going to get punished for that. And I guess that's the game's way of telling you, Luke, you can't just rely on the fact that this defender was quick at the beginning of the game. You need to upgrade those defensive stats and clean tackle the fuck out of this guy. And one thing I think that really applies here is it's not just defensive stats, it's the weight of the play. If you've got a very heavy centre-back with decent defending stats as well, they are more likely to take the ball cleanly than a lightweight, quick defender. One of the best defensive players I've used on this game is Hero Rafa Marquez. I haven't even tried the World Cup version, but he is solid in every respect. Reasonable pace, but very high defensive stats and weighs big takes everything cleanly. You know, Casemiro is another good one, almost always wins the ball clean. Whereas if you're using a more rapid, lightweight defender, they will often bobble around in the box. You're, when you try and dispossess another player, there's always a, a danger that it will just fall back to the striker very easily and they end up getting a very easy chance in the box. It's super frustrating. Um, but this is a little bit part of the power curve, I'm afraid. It's it's not just about upgrading your goal scorers. You need to get more solid at the back as well to deal with these boosted cards that you're going to come up against as the game progresses. And you know, a little bit of investment in your defenders is important. And one of the most important stats, other than the ones I've just spoken about, is, is passing, which is very important in this game. So you find yourself under a lot of constant pressure in this this game. Being able to confidently pass your way out from the back is very important. And a card like Nathan Ake, like uh, Paul was talking about, he has exceptional passing. This uh, Laporte that just come out looks like it has very good passing. These are the type of 
defenders you kind of need to aspire to. The fact you can get two of them in the same team very easily with those links is is very nice as well. But um, I do think we overly focus sometimes on boosting the attack, trying to score more goals, whereas you know at the very competitive level, clean sheets keeps you in the game for longer, gives you more opportunity than to score goals, even if you're going into extra time, that kind of thing. But long-winded answer, but that's how I feel about it. Paul? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that Paul agrees Love with it. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I agree. I think you need you need the AI to be somewhat. <laughs> That's the most decent, convincing agreement I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Yes. You know, I think for the game to be good for everybody, you need the AI to be relatively good. But also, those people who just cover with the centre defensive mids and then um, second man press. And just frustrating, not necessarily hard to beat, but just frustrating to play against. Like, just fucking defend yourself, you twat. Yeah. Mm. Last one we're going to get to. And Ash seems, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with this one, but it is a hot take after all. The Kim system was only changed in FIFA 23 to nerf trading and not allow more varied teams in the game. With leaks and SPCs last year, you could target a green leak player on the market and make bank, but the new Kim system makes that almost impossible. Not sure why anyone would think EA would do anything to improve the game for the players without it lining their pockets. <laughs> that, last, that last statement there, Ash, I feel like there's a balance that they have to strike, right? I feel like if people don't enjoy the game and people don't engage with the game, they can't make money. So they have to do something to kind of entice players to use the game and play it. Um, and the other stuff, I think that's, that's a really hot take. And that's like scorching hot because I feel like trading has, has been very easy this year. If you want to put in the time, that one particular aspect that you mentioned, you're right. You can't do that. But I mean, I don't know if Paul, if you agree with this statement or not, but I feel like, that's kind of a a gimmick way of trading anyway. I mean, it's it's an easy way to make money. And they're going to, it's like Matt said, they're going to take those easy avenues away from you because they don't want you to make free coins. They want you to buy FIFA points. Link, links still work. They just work differently, don't they? But um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think their decision was at all based on, on traders. Um, you know, I don't think they necessarily make it easy for traders, but I don't think it's necessarily at the, the the front of their mind always um and i think and i've been like this myself as a trader thinking that they're doing this stuff just to fuck us over but you know the majority of the people who play this game don't have a clue what fucking trading is um and i think we're just trying to that. fuck you over Paul. do you know what i mean i think the, i think we forget that, that that a lot of people who um play this game have no interest in trading at all um and I'm still the jury's still out for me on this new chemistry system. I've still not figured it out myself, to be honest. Um, and I don't think if you got it by now, you ain't going to get it. Well, it's it's not that I necessarily don't get it. I just aren't that bothered about it. Um, yeah, I'll play on twenty five. Isn't that impactful? Right? Twenty four. Yeah. Um, you know, this weekend my gameplay was all over the place. Um, that extra seven diamonds or five diamonds yeah. really didn't make a fucking difference because cards that were phenomenal in good gameplay played like shit. Um, 
you know, when the gameplay were good, shit cards played really well. So, you know. I feel like this is a, a big misconception still in the game because I see a lot of people talk about it and I see a lot of people settle for lesser cards in order to get 33 of 33 on their chemistry. So to me, it's much more beneficial to use a team, let's say on 32 of 33, because only one player doesn't have their max chemistry boost. It doesn't impact the other players. The, the, the team chemistry, in my opinion, shouldn't even be a thing. You shouldn't have a, a number slash 33 in the game because it's, it's irrelevant. You should only have a player by player basis because that's how it really works. The whole, Oh, my team's not on 33. Who gives a fuck? I played that rule breakers Sissoko on one diamond for weeks and he was fine. The rest of my team was completely full Kim and it doesn't matter if your team is on full or not. So stop focusing on that number. If, if it's causing you to, to make substitutions on other positions so that you can get everybody on three diamonds, you're doing yourself a disservice and your overall team is suffering for it. So Focus on the players you need to focus on. Settle for lesser diamonds in areas where you don't necessarily need the creme de la creme, if you will, of players. Mm. That's kind of my take. Yeah. We're probably, um, I was going to say, we're probably a matter of weeks away. And I, I mean only a few weeks from, let's say, at the, the very high competitive level where no one will be remotely interested in in chemistry, they'll just want to get the best 11 on the field because that's the quality of the cars will supplement whatever they've lost from chemistry. They would rather have the best 11 players on the field. That's what we're working towards. And I think that's when a true and fair assessment of what this chemistry system means and whether it's here to stay, that's when you should decide whether it's for you or not. Because right now, I think most people sort of mentally locked in that they need to have a semblance of chemistry in their team. You don't. People haven't experimented as much with off-league players as they perhaps should have done. There's nothing stopping you from building a whole team of 11 players in different nations and different leagues. And the penalty you, you, you're taking from doing that is so small. As long as you like the players, you should be building a team and selecting a player based off, do they have the face stats that I need and the work rates and all that kind of stuff. And that's the player you go for. You shouldn't necessarily be picking players based on the fact, well, if I pick them and they boost to this, bang. Very soon, the players will be so good, the boost will be irrelevant that you get from chemistry. That's where we're heading. Yep. And then the game will truly be open then. Where anyone can do whatever the fuck they want. The only problem with that is, is the people who have all the coins will all build the same eleven. So at the high end, it's going to get super boring. But for everyone else, we are literally free to do what the heaven the hell we want. And it will yeah. be quite liberating, I think. The thing is, when you look at cards, or we go look at a card and think, oh, that looks a decent card. We're looking at the base stats, the base in-game stats. Um, so we're basing that decision if we want the card off that. Why wouldn't we base the rest of it? Do you know what I mean? We're not going into that. Most people aren't going into that minute detail. All oh, that gives me two a year one there. Um, I've used Valverde all weekend at right wing with zero diamonds, um, not even one. And have I noticed any difference? I, I don't know. I don't think I have. Um, he's been really good for me. more difference in the gameplay. Yeah, he's been really you, good you for me. You have more connection variance than you do actually performance. 
And let's not forget too, the chemistry boosts have been nerfed as well. So you're not getting near the boost that you were last year. And even if you are on zero diamonds, you're not getting a negative impact on the card. So it really is minimal at the end of the day. So, and one thing before we do wrap up, I just wanted to to touch on this and say that, you know, I was talking to Toshimacher in the, in the lounge the other day, and he told me, he warned me of this early, early this year when I started getting heavy into trading. And what he warned me of is basically come true. And I don't want people to think that I'm just super negative on the game right now. I'm just not engaged with it. But I think that's a personal deal, especially with me, because I'm fully liquid. I've got almost 6 million coins in the bank. I don't feel like I need to keep up with it. You know, kind of like you were talking about earlier, you, you feel like you need to keep up with the curve. I can jump back in whenever I want and get right back on it with that amount of coins. Because the longer you hold those coins and go into the game as liquid, the better off you're going to be at the end of the day, because cards are always becoming cheaper. You know, I could jump in right now and buy an elite God squad and start competing. So I think that's why my situation is different. I guess, then you'll say your average FIFA player. I wouldn't think your average FIFA player has got that much coins at this point in the game just sitting there. But I just wanted to kind of give that admission going forward, I guess. Um, I don't dislike the game. I'm just personally not engaged with it at the moment. Yeah, but you'll be back. Absolutely. This is just uh, a, a moment in life where it's not the most important thing to you right now and you're not getting um, the joy or reward out of it that you need to justify the time required to play it i think that's absolutely fine i feel very similar i'm not as coin rich as you are but quite quite a bit stashed away and stuff that i've been saving from the beginning of the game like team of the week investments they're moving now because of these uh, showdowns and everything so i'm getting coins all the time so when i step back in a hundred percent i'll be able to move around a lot more agilely for lack of a better word than I could do previously and it's always nice to have coins in reserve so when team of the year comes out you can just cherry pick one or two of them without really breaking a sweat about it and you know you're right in the, the mix whatever people had before you're competitive with if you've got more than one team of the year player generally speaking and that'll last you right up until team of the season pretty much good stuff it's a nice one boys well let's wrap it up Matt, where can they keep up with you? At Lambo Matt on Twitter, 1T or holler a Discord. And Paul. Right foot, W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T. It's cominghome.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at The Foot Hunter. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Footballers Pod. That's the show. I'm still upset about yesterday. Catch you next week. Let's go. Podcast Network.